Hey everybody, before we get started, I want to remind you, December 3rd, the Orpheum Theater in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm going to be doing two specials in one night, one hour in the first show, a different hour in the second show. I hope you can make it. Madison is an awesome place to spend a night. So if you want to do that, I'd love to have you, of course. Also, also. Patreon Patreon is going to be back Patreon. up. Yes, it's it is. It's going to be back up. We're going to do a I Learned It. And, it's uh, up right it's, now. It's, it's up. It's, it's up, up right, right now. now. Yep. It's it, right now. You can go from what you're listening to now to there and, and receive it. And we uh, we know that we didn't do any Patreon stuff for a while. That's the reason we set it up the way we set it up. So it was a pay as we gave you stuff, not a pay monthly. Chad's kid went to college. Uh, he had a bunch of tour stuff. I was busy fighting muskrats and trying to convince my wife to stay married to me. People get busy. But now we're back <laughs> with that sweet, sweet content, baby. Go to the Patreon, search up Middle of Somewhere, and uh, you'll get it. Okay, enjoy the show. Banjos. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, how are you? How are you doing? How is everything? It's 54 degrees here in lovely Fergus Falls, Minnesota. It's uh, There are blue skies, so we're getting through it. I'm staying inside today. That's enough about me. Across from me, as always, is Cyrus Amundsen. I'd like to talk a little more about you, Chad, because before the show, you... Let me know that in order to deal with your sugar issues, your long-standing sugar addiction, your yeah. methodology is to, you can't quit sugar. And you told me literally right before we recorded that you have a bit of sugar. You get one sugary item with your breakfast. With my coffee, yes. With, with your coffee. And then that gives you something, and that's enough like to look forward to that then it's you, a carrot. Then yeah. you don't. Yeah. Then, yeah. Your your horse. It's horses, a sugary. It's a it's a carrot dipped in sugar. So now, is are we talking, like, hey, I had a Twix with my coffee for breakfast. What sort of can it be anything you want? Well, it can. Normally, I try to get some sort of artisan homemade baked good, mm. but today I had a zebra roll because I was in Denver. By the way, talk about a city for comedy. Denver was outrageous. Tempe was great. Boise was great. All these cities I'm going to, people are coming out. It's so much fun. I got some uh, a bourbon, homemade bourbon. Maybe it wasn't even homemade, but because the, the label looked professional, doesn't matter. I got yeah, some when bourbon. you said homemade, I, I mean, great gift. Throw it away. I, no, no, no way. No, I, I will no be way drinking. you drink that. So, and a, a glass with the bourbon label on it. I got uh, coasters which talk about a couple gifts that go together, and they were from different people. I got these homemade coasters. I got some artwork. I got uh, Poe, 
uh, drawn as Kung Fu Panda with the Kung Fu Panda like uh, shorts and everything and the, and the wrist wraps. And then I got a ring wrong, ring wrong, Kevin the dog picture that says ice my dick, bitch. So amazing. Love it. Uh, I got so many zebra rolls. I mean, I, we've talked about this before that people bring me those because of my bit and how I need to write a bit about $100 bills. But uh, just incredible. You know, I got, I got a t-shirt from a breakfast place up in the mountains. I got it. So it, it was it, so fun. And the crowds there, I don't know if it's because weed is legal, but they do laugh just a little bit harder in Denver. And we, you think they wouldn't because there's not enough oxygen. But I had I had an absolute blast. I don't know why I started telling you this story. Oh, because of the little Debbie zebra roll. So that's what I had with my coffee today was one zebra roll. Yeah, I think it's uh, the. I want to go back to the bourbon. I, I and I know this is I, this is a very unlikable thing about me. I don't trust food gifts from other people. I remember so I you op- want to talk food gifts. John, John, and Nicole. The, the travelers, I've started to call them. Mm-hmm. They come to shows in different places. They came to Denver. Now, it was kind of fun because they thought they were safe to walk down this one street because the show was just about to start. But I always, I'm always i late to my shows sometimes, and I caught those little bitches walking down the street. And I said, what's up? Who surprised who this time? Finally. Actually, I said, I think I said, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) That sounds more like me. But anyways, of course, then she brought me baked goods and I accused her of poisoning them when they were at the show. Absolutely. But the point is, I don't know. Listen, if I'm going to go because of poison. Also, I've eaten a lot of crazy shit in my life. I don't know if poison would get me. I just I, I opened for Patton Oswalt years ago in Minneapolis and I remember, and this was after the show, as I was leaving, he was kind of sneaking out a back door. And I was like, why is he sneaking out a back door? And I went out the front and I didn't, there were so many Ratatouille fans because he was. Sure. Yeah. There were like people who were obsessed with the movie Ratatouille and they were all out front, like waiting for him to leave. And they didn't know he was going out a side door. And when I rounded the corner, a couple people knew about the side door so they were over there and they caught him as they're leaving and somebody gave him homemade cookies and he was like so thrilled i mean he's such a nice person he was yeah. so kind and thrilled about it, and he walked off and like he was really excited to have him and all i could think i was like man that'd be a tough way to go <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the first place you and i met when you were leaving that show and i was in the ratatouille line yeah <laughs> i love cartoons you know that uh, but anyways, it was fantastic week and all that good stuff. I'm considering buying the Boomerang channel on my Roku. That's all old school Flintstones, Scooby-Doo, the Jetsons, Looney Tunes. <laughs> I Were it not for how I would have bought it last night, you know, you have to enter everything in letter by letter with a remote yeah. control. You're like, C, Y, A, M. You're like, fuck, th- I can't do this. I can't do it. I need it to Plus, be. Plus, you'd have to go back because you needed a space. It's it's tough. I un... what? <laughs> don't even don't even start with me. I would like to tell you a story that I saw in Tempe. Okay. Okay. So I am sitting in the lobby of the hotel. There is a what I assume is a mom and a son. Okay. Okay. I see the son take his shoes off. 
Hold on, ages. Give me like mom and son. What, what mom type of... is I'm gonna go 30s. Mm-hmm. Son is under 10 years old. Okay. Well, nah, about 10 years old. Okay. Takes his shoes off. I hear the mom say, "What stinks?" And the kid goes, "I don't know." And she goes, "What? Something just it stinks right now." And they have this like private conversation. I don't know what it is. I'm assuming it's like, did you fart? I didn't. Did you fart? Something like that. Sure. And finally, this mom goes, you took your shoes off. It's your feet that stink. <laughs> and the little boy goes, my feet don't stink. And he does this thing that only little children can do. He pulls his foot right to his face, <laughs> takes a big whiff and goes, they don't stink. <laughs> And then she goes, he starts to put his foot towards her and she goes, don't you put your foot towards me. Don't you put your foot towards. And I am, I am loving every second of this. (laughs) Then the little boy goes, he pulls his foot again to his face, takes the biggest of whiffs and says, it's not my feet that stink here. Smell my shoe. And so he gives her the shoe. She smells his shoe, and by the look on her face, clearly it it is his feet that stink. And this little boy starts laughing harder than I have seen a kid laugh in a long time. And I don't know if it's that's because of social media or because of the pandemic. We don't have to speculate. But this little boy has found so much joy in his mother's face. It's almost like, hey, doesn't this cake smell weird? And then you push their face in it. It felt a lot like that. So she, and all she's doing, she's, she's panicking. She doesn't know what to do. She's just been bamboozled by a little boy. He is laughing at her expense. And she beat the shit out of this kid with his own shoe. It was fascinating to me. To the point where people stopped eating in the little breakfast nook and turned around. And the boy never started crying. But she, and she was hitting him in strategic places where I was thinking, if that bruises, no one will ever see it. Oh, this is yeah. brilliant. Like yeah. you know how to beat a child. That's it, dude. It was so great. And then here's here's the why I'm telling you this story. It has been a long time since I haven't been able to do what I want because I'm a grown up, right? I'm 47, so I kind of get to do what I want. Sure. I was laughing at all of this until the mom turned and looked at me. And I can't tell you the last time I have gone from full laughter to zero noise and just looking around like, what? It wasn't me laughing. I don't, you're the one that was laughing. I wasn't laughing. I was just sitting here. It was crazy how her look just shut me down. Because I was scared. I thought she was going to come over and beat the shit out yeah, of me th- with his shoe. Yeah, she's got a weapon. She's already beaten a child in public. Yeah. She'll oh, beat God, an old it was, man. It was awesome. It was so funny, the giggle of this kid. If I could have recorded the giggle and have it as my ringtone, <laughs> I absolutely would have. Because it brought that. just the giggle brought me joy that he tricked his mom. It was. I so love great. that he wasn't crying, too, because that's one of those things where you are totally... You're totally okay with the repercussions yeah. because you got what you, you know, it's the guy who like kills his enemy and then he has to sit in prison, but he's totally fine with like, I'm happy sure. about this decision. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's that, that's that fine with going to prison energy. 
Yeah, uh, it was, man, it was so good. Just all of it together. Reminded me of my family growing up, to be honest with you. Because I remember, I've told this story before, but I, I broke some pop machines, got in trouble, and I told my mom to have a Coke and a smile when she picked me up from jail, and she moved her hand less than four inches and almost knocked my eyeballs and teeth out of my body. <laughs> she hit me in the back of the head. So, um, you know, I've, I've, lived, I've lived that family dynamic, and I just love it. Maybe I should Segway alert. Maybe Segway I should... alert. Segway alert. Here comes the Segway master. Oh, real unlikable thing that I've been doing. I was on the phone with our friend Mike Cronin, and I would say in the last seven years, I probably talked to Mike Cronin on the phone three to five times a week. Okay. And for the last seven years, that's been happening. And I think I've mentioned this on the show before, probably five or 10 of those conversations haven't been one of us calling the other one as a character. Sure. Now I'm going to jump in and say there was a big chunk of time you guys did not talk because he said he couldn't get you to call him back, but continue, please. Was that because he skipped my wedding to open for Tom Segura? So the, uh, (laughs) the, But even when it is the two of us talking to one another as humans, it often falls apart really quickly. And we were on the phone last week and he said something that reminded me of Saturday Night Live or something. So I went, Ellen Cleghorn, you know, the the, the announcer guy. Yeah. Yep. And then it just turned into immediately he and I going back and forth, just saying old SNL. Like we were having a conversation and now it's two men in their thirties just going, Chris Catan. <laughs> and then it turned into us setting it up with a cast member and then following it up with one of the worst humans to ever walk the earth, right? Like Daryl Hammond, Momad Gaddafi. And just trying to make each other laugh by using the SNL announcer voice to say serial killers and uh, dictators, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> one, of them, one of them that he said was, the people who ate those other people on the plane in the Andes. <laughs> <laughs> and I got off the phone and made, I thought it was so funny. And then it pretty, we did that for an upsetting amount of time and then at the end of one of them he just goes okay goodbye and i was like okay goodbye and we (laughs) never went back and finished the conversation we were having and so then i was walking around my house for several days after trying to get jenna Jenna. to love that bit and she just she just didn't no i could and i'm giving it everything i have like deep cuts like Dan Aykroyd, the BTK killer, like nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. So I'm not saying I should be married to Mike Cronin. I don't know why I got off on this this track. Oh, I know. It's because I I went to a fertility doctor. Okay, this is a stretch. Yeah. Well, no, I know why. I know why I said the Alan Cleghorn thing because that this story is about me saying something that somebody heard it doesn't matter quit fucking quit dissecting how i approach this show i'm a i'm a man get through it you don't have to worry about what i'm saying so we're trying to find out if i have bum nads so we bum nads if i have bum nads 
Yep. If, <laughs> if I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm on these medications and uh, I've got all, you know, my I have this inflammation and these health issues and, you know, you're under stress when stuff like that happens. I don't know, you know, my, my sperm might get to the egg, but does it get there in a good way or is like two half dead sperms are carrying a third sperm to to the egg and then he limps his way in you know is this a i, I just picture one of your sperms getting to the eggs and knocking and then the <laughs> egg opens the door and he's like oh sorry thought you were somebody else <laughs> just real pouty voice <laughs> my sperm sorry I, I don't know if you know this but i come from a town down the way called bum nads <laughs> it's right next to rascal flats <laughs> My sperm just asked the egg to help it pull it in. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I don't want to, you know, I, you want to have a healthy kid. So we got to, we got to check, we got to check what's going on with the fellas. And uh, so I decided to go to get my nads inspected and their contents inspected. Sure. Uh, and I went by myself, which is never a good idea. Yeah, but I think it's the best idea for others. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe not fun for you, but the amount of not fun that is for you is the exact amount it is not fun for someone that goes with you. Right. But there are repercussions when you let me go alone. Oh, and okay. so I get there and it's this office and I, I have filled out a little paperwork and then they bring me into a separate office. It's kind of like a patient room, but also an office. And they tell me the person's going to be in with me in a bit and I can just wait. And I've spent a lot of time in doctor's offices. And yep. you spend more time waiting for the doctors generally than you do with the doctors. Right. So I, the moment I get put in a waiting room, I call someone. I just get on the phone and I start chatting and gabbing. And okay. uh, I was on the phone talking to a friend from back home. Now, just quickly, here's what I do when I'm left in a room alone. I look through stuff. Oh, yeah. I try to, I like it's an escape room. I try to figure out what's happening in there, who I'm going to be seeing, what their specialty is. That way I have information against them when they get in the room. If they're like, well, you know, Chad, you should actually be doing this. Like, would you learn that from one of your fucking pamphlets or doctor school? <laughs> I'm going to need to know if you actually learn this in doctor school, if you're just reading through your stuff that you have in here. Because I know the exact same amount of shit as you do. By reading your pamphlets. It's bonkers to me that they just have their computers on the desk there. Yeah. You're like, you think that I'm not going to like click, click, click and see if I can find myself in there? You think I'm <laughs> oh, going to... yourself? I would never look for myself. I would only look for people I golf with, stuff like that. So when they're over a putt that means something, I'd be like, hey, man, heard about your, uh, you know, whatever <laughs> procedure it was. Hey, heard about your bum nads. <laughs> heard about your... What about your bum nads, dude? Sorry about that. Sorry about your Nemo sperm. The, uh, that's the way to go. Uh, I, we had a friend whose dad was an insurance agent. And, you know, when you're trying to get driver's insurance, is that what it's called? Who am I? Car insurance. There when you you're go. trying to Good get job. When you're trying to get motor pedal assurance for your vehicle. I bought a big buck hunter machine, by the way. And yeah, you did. And, uh, yeah, I was gambling with uh, my nephew and a friend, and I won a hefty sum, and now I... <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, that poor friend. I bet he felt like he got invited. 
down to a place just to be fleeced by family members in a stupid dice game while you had your smoker right next to the table that wasn't even fucking plugged in yet. And then he gets a bunch... I wonder if he got a bunch of pictures of all the meals you've made on the smoker since he left the house. Well, I feel bad for that friend, but probably Mike Cronin, Ellen Cleghorn, Cy Amundsen. See how you're the bad person in that? (laughs) So, I took this hefty sum... And I used about a third of it to buy a big. (laughs) Oh, fuck you in the face. I used about a third of it to buy a big buck hunter machine. And that's not a good thing for me to have because he's the man in the machine is all like, don't shoot a doe. Nice buck. And so I, you know, I'm really really uh spiraling oh yeah i can imagine so i'm in this office uh and i'm not looking through the computer oh that's what i was saying a car insurance yeah he would you could ask him and we'd be like hey man look up uh look up so and so and see what sort of stuff's on their driving record and then you would just have shit over people you know, oh my God, which I think is definitely legal, not appropriate or legal. Yeah. I don't think that was the right call for him to so do either. that. But what a hero does. Here's a question for you. Do you think anybody truly respects confidentiality? You know, like doctor lawyers, patient. Think you think lawyers do? I do. Like, I think sometimes I think you could get a doctor drunk enough at like a garage party. Not a not a cocktail party, but like a garage party where you're just. You're passing a bottle of whiskey around the table and taking shots from it. I think you could get a doctor drunk enough at one of those to give you like, I don't know if you heard about Eric, but we couldn't give him a vasectomy because of his calloused nutsack. Whatever he's doing in the bedroom is uh, he's just got one big blister of a nutsack. So I think you could get that kind of info. Funny stuff. I mean, I don't even mean like publicly. I, I think everybody who has confidentiality as part of their profession respects it from a, they're not just at a bar like, hey, you should hear what happened to Tony's knee. But I mean, well, sure. those people who go home to their family members and their best friends, do you think they, tr- how many, what percentage of people do you think truly respect confidentiality where they never tell another single soul a, a single thing about any of their clients? I have to think it is higher. I think okay. it's I think it's the majority of people that are in those positions. Lawyers, doctors, that kind of stuff. I mental do health think professionals. Hold, yeah, I think they hold that shit really tight to the vest. And I would say mental health professionals is probably the number one. I would say I they agree are the with highest. That. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, I don't know that the number's quite as high as you think it is. But I, I agree with mental health professionals. For the other ones, I'm a, a little skeptical. <laughs> But back, I focus. I need to focus. I'm at the NAD doctor. Okay. And I'm on the phone and I'm talking about what I'm doing. And I start referring to, he asked me what the name of the clinic was. And I said it was called Sperm City. And then immediately just started doing fake ads for Sperm City. <laughs> and because I don't know how to be funny uh without adding a, a hillbilly voice in i quickly turned that into uh, uh come on down to uncle jimbo's sperm farm 
And uh, I don't even know how I got there, but I was doing these voices going back, and we were having a really good time. We're both laughing. We're both going back and forth. <laughs> the, the woman knocks on the door and is like, hey, these are pretty thin walls. She gave me one of those. <laughs> and I, I was quick. I was, like, I'm, I was on the, because I, I never have the phone to my ear. I always, I use AirPods. And, yeah, and you, you, like, uh, you like voice to text quite a bit. And it's not great. I understand. No, because you do have to. Fi- it's like a riddle. You do have to figure it out. Like, what word could he have been saying? <laughs> so then you have to say that word in a bunch of different accents to figure out. Oh, okay, okay. He didn't. He said fish, not fresh. I got it. So, yeah, I think that's funny that that they were somebody was out there like, hey, uh, what's the? Do we have a? Because they didn't know I was on the phone. They just think they have a patient who wants to have a kid who all of a sudden is sitting in an office by himself doing what sound like commercials for fictional fertility clinics called Sperm City and Uncle Jimbo's Sperm Farm. There's, there had to have been like, hey, do we have a protocol for, uh, you know, for a shooter? Do we have a shooter protocol here? <laughs> yeah. There's no way this guy can have kids. I don't care what he tells you. Do not do not let this man be in charge of a small human. I bet the receptionist was looking at the other people in the waiting room just going, she'd you know, take her little headphones off and she'd look at them and go, sounds like somebody needs to go to Brain City. Am I right, y'all? <laughs> and then go back to typing. Are you going to get your vasectomy uh, reversed so you, can, uh, so you can father my child? I would if you wanted okay. me to. You you would not. That would be so painful. I would do that. If you if you really wanted my sperm, here's the thing. You're going to sit. It's going to be the good news is for you is you're going to be able to look down at your child your whole life, even when you get spinal debifidus or whatever it's called, where you shrink. Sure. Where an old person shrinks. You're still going to be able to look down. Because I'm going to get it at that age. But whatever. Kids going to be under six feet tall. Jenna's tall. It's going to be a tremendous athlete into his late 40s yeah and i think or her yeah or her the doctor was a woman i make girls i make girls too you made a girl that's see it's it's the it's the i know we've talked about this before it's but do you go with a friend or do you go with a family member i know we've discussed the pitfalls of the the pros and pitfalls of asking my brother greg you know a you get the most similar dna you know, it, it has the best chance of looking like me. Then right. Greg also talks shit about how he fathered my child his entire life. But I don't I might have mentioned this on a show before. I don't think I have. The other side of that is Greg had two girls. He loves his girls a lot. But I also know he very much always wanted a boy. If he gives me his sperm and we have a boy... I do think there is some solace in knowing that no matter how much shit he talks about being my child's father, someday mid-argument, he's going to say the words, well, I had a boy with Jenna. And uh, that's, I think, that's fun. (laughs) I don't know if it is because you're going to be like, hey, can we go to one basketball game without you flying here to come see it? We just want to watch our child without their uncle. You know you're the uncle, right? You're going to have to have some hard conversations. If I gave you my sperm, I think I would walk around the rest of my life just looking at children going, I'm your father, just in case. I would never meet your child. That would be too weird for me. 
Yeah, well, you'd. I mean, well, then we can't. Well, I know. I'm we kidding. can't. We can't just end our relationship with you giving me your sperm. No, I understand that. That would be. Uh, that would be an incredible way to do it, though. It's like, whatever happened to you in size? Like, I got his wife pregnant. We don't have to talk about it. And they're like, oh my god, you're you're dirty. Well, I was down there at Sperm City. <laughs> it's so expensive. Everything about. Everything about it is so expensive. And I, you know, if you're going to use a donor, that's where it gets like, if if you're trying to, you know, they got the turkey baster things, the Moseys that okay. you can do at home if it's you and your wife, but that's not something you can do. Like, I don't want to have you or Joel or Corey fly down and jerk off in a bedroom and then I fill it up with a syringe and walk it two rooms over to spurt it into my wife. You're like, that's... When you, when I think when you use sure. a real donor, I think you got to go pretty hospital, uh, pretty facility official at that point. Well, just so you know, step one of that has already taken place in your home. <laughs> so I just didn't put it in a syringe. I carried it home with me in a sock. It doesn't matter. You could jerk off. If I had a dollar for every time you wanted to jerk off in my house, it would still be less than the amount of money I won from a friend when he was here That's gambling true. on dice. That, that is true. But I just remember laying in your bed just going like, Hi, this is Brian Clarice down here at Sperm City. Do you have bum nads? And I'm just like, all right, that's enough. That's enough of that. So I I really, and it is expensive, and I don't know that I have the money to, to, do, uh, to do it on the up and up, you know, with the whole white coats and jars. Yeah. So, and Jenna's not into any of my money-making schemes. I'd love, she's a very pretty woman. I'd like her to start kind of a slutty Instagram that then we link to an OnlyFans called Jenna's Feet because I read a thing about a woman who was making 12 grand a month on an OnlyFans about her feet. And I mean... That's interesting. I have great ankles. I haven't even looked into OnlyFans, but I might. That is the amount of things that I would do for I, for 12 grand a month 12 grand i have no i'd sign her up i'm not trying to prostitute my wife but if she was on board I think you are <laughs> i just we had this guy that joel and i used to work with and he was a big he like he would like to ask people the would you rather questions like would you sure. rather would you rather live alone for a thousand years or live with everybody for 10 years? You know, that sort of stuff. And, but his big one was, and he would really hook into this, was if you, how much would somebody have to pay you a year, a yearly salary to perform oral sex on a man every day for the rest of your life? That was his big question. He was very, he had all the specifics and he, and, and the answers usually, they would come back, they're like a million dollars a year, two million. And then you find out how like insecure something's like 20, 20 million. You're like 20 million, 20 million. You need $20 million to stick. I heard, a- yeah, go ahead. I'm so sorry. But I heard a comedian on XM and I was laughing so fucking hard. I'm going to figure out who it is, but. He, gay gay comic, and he said to someone in the crowd, how much would it take for you to suck a dick? And the guy goes, a million dollars. 
And he goes, so you think a gay guy would pay you someone who's never sucked a dick before $1 million for your rookie ass blowjob when we can just go to a gay bar and go, hey, it, I was laughing so hard at the concept of straight men going, it would take a million and gay guys going, why, why would we ever even consider that? It was, it was wonderful. I was laughing. God damn it. I was laughing hard. And it's not even about the straight gay to me. Here, well, here's the thing. My number is, it's like seventy grand. It's like, what are you talking about? If it's if it comes with insurance, it's probably sixty two five. You understand? Like, you're telling me that all I have to do for work for the rest of my life, and I can earn an Amer a decent American wage, is for ten yeah. minutes a day. I have to perform on, dude. And I, it was, my number is upsettingly low. Oh, so? What is it? It's, it's 70 grand. I know, but I, that's not upsetting. Still, I think a gay guy would look at you and be like. But it's not a gay, why you, it's not about, it's not about homosexuality. This isn't, it's a fictional situation. I don't know okay. why I got down this road. <laughs> it's not, I'm not. I don't need because you to... you're trying because you're trying to decide what you could do to make money instead of making your wife put her feet on the internet. Yeah, it's a, it is a bummer. I'm thinking about making money, and my two situations that come to the forefront of my mind are sell my wife's feet and a mythical situation where a genie comes to me but doesn't give me wishes but gives me the opportunity to earn a salary by performing oral sex. Yeah, I think I think what you're gonna need to do here is put her feet online. Yeah, you find some people that are, are rich and and into it, and then you say, "You want to take this a step further? Impregnate my wife, <laughs> but you have to pay for all the procedures and shit." Oh sure, and the kid's schooling as he grows up, and his shoes yeah. and stuff Everything. like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the guy'd be like, "Well, not shoes. You know how I love feet," <laughs> but otherwise, he'd probably do it. <laughs> this got uncomfortable in a hurry. Oh, uh, okay. Just, I know this is a while back, but Solomon Giorgio. That is the comedian's name that I heard on XM. And uh, so funny. If you get a chance to listen, please do. Now, hey, oh, Segway alert. Segway alert. The stories <laughs> are changing, but there's a thread that runs through them. Speaking of old men that love to ruin other people's lives, <laughs> right? That sounded good. I was on an airplane, so I'm I'm leaving. Oh, I thought this was going to be about your dad. I'm le ooh wow. I am leaving Denver. Um, you know, I, I do a meet and greet after the show, which lasts uh, a while, sure. and I, I'm I'm not complaining. I'm actually thrilled about it because it is nice to say hi to anyone that wants to say hello, but. Uh, then I then you wait to get paid. You do a staff picture, stuff like that. Uh, none of these are complaints. I'm just letting you know I got back to the place we were staying a little later. Mm -hmm. My flight, I was getting picked up for my flight at 4.30 a.m. I have a little problem when I have to get up that early and other people are. So, you know, when there's someone else involved, like a driver of a car, yeah. I'm nervous I'm going to sleep through my alarm. So I put four alarms on, but I still don't sleep very well. And so... I get to the airport, get on this plane, and I think, boom, guess what? I'm going to get some sleep. So 
I start to sleep and all of a sudden I feel this heat on my chest. I can feel it. Now it's on my neck. And then I feel like I've gone to heaven because it's so bright going through my eyelids. So I open one eye and the guy next to me has the window shade open on a 6.30 a.m. flight. <sighs> Wide open. He's got his shoes off. His feet are up against the wall in front of us. I'm in like the bulkhead seat, the whatever. And he's got coffee. And I just go, hey, man, is that going to be open the whole flight? And he goes, oh, yeah, I, I just, I love it. I love being up here in the sky looking. And I go, okay. And I go, uh, I shut my eyes again. I go, but it's, it's like, could you just lower it a little? It's right in my eyeballs. And he goes, window seat controls the window. Ooh. That's what he said to me. <laughs> so I pull my hat down over my eyes. I try to move the seat. There's nowhere I can move it. It's just a fucking, and it, I'm so hot. I put a, I wear a hoodie with no shirt underneath it. That's on me. I got to change that because I couldn't take the hoodie off. So I'm just, I'm dying. And then there's another lady across the aisle who also goes, sir, is there any way you could close that? The sun, like, it's like the sun is coming in here. And so I'm like, oh, maybe he'll close it. And uh, still, still doesn't close it. He says, you know what? This is what I like to do when I'm flying. And I was like, okay, you know what? Whatever. So I try to sleep. I do not get a minute of sleep because I'm thinking of ways to hurt him. Thinking about like, <laughs> if I open the door up by the bathroom, what happens? Does the whole plane go down? Is it worth it? Is it worth killing all the other people just to kill him? All these things, all these thoughts I'm having. <laughs> now, clearly, I would never do that. But I am having these, these mean thoughts. And so we finally land. And uh, I am fucking tired. And I am a little grumpy at this point. Sure. And he goes, he starts to explain. He goes, you know, I just, I love seeing the clouds underneath us. And I, I go, I get it, man. I get it. You were a pilot in World War I. And, and I thought that was so funny because listen, almost everyone from world war two is dead. Yeah, yeah. So to say world war one, cause he was a little older. I thought it was very funny. And, uh, and he goes, no, I wasn't a pilot in any war. I'm like, dude, you're missing. I didn't say it, but I was like, you're missing the whole point. So then the seatbelt sign goes off. We take our seatbelts off and then everyone gets up to get their stuff. The aisle is completely full. Everyone's getting their luggage down. So I sit there. And then the row across from us leaves and the people behind are waiting for us to get up and I just wave them through. And then I continue to wave everyone through and he tries to get up. He goes, excuse me, I got a, I got a connection. And I go, the aisle seat controls the aisle. Yes. And I was so proud of myself <laughs> and we were the last two people off the airplane. <laughs> I let every single person go by before I let the two of us off the airplane. And because he goes, he goes, really, man, I need you to get up. I go, I actually can't. I'm so tired from not being able to sleep on the plane <laughs> that I can, I physically cannot get up right now. Oh, man, I was such a bitch. I am, I conduct my life like I'm a, like I am a girl in seventh grade. Good. I am so catty. And so shitty at times. And not, not every girl. You get it, though. The mean girl situation. But I, when I said the aisle seat controls the aisle, 
my heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> I was so happy. I was so happy. And it's so sad what makes me so happy, but still, I don't care. But that's the sort of fuel that you need to get you through the rest of that because your journey isn't over there. You didn't get any sleep. You woke up at 4.30. You flew home. You didn't get any sleep. Now you get in a car. What I've always has made me just insane to think about is you drive from Fergus Falls to Minneapolis to get right. on your flight, which is a three-hour drive. Right. So you you land on a plane... Then you spend half hour, whatever, getting out to your car, and then it's a three-hour drive home. And right. that that's the sort of fuel a person needs to just, you know, so. when you got an hour and 15 left and you're so tired, you just go, nah, I control the aisle. <laughs> yeah, it felt good. I am the gatekeeper. Are you the key master? I am the gatekeeper. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Can I ask you a question before you leave? Please. Have you ever thought about getting yourself cryogenically frozen? Is this like an old person joke? No, no. See, I the one time I don't use a Segway, the one time I don't, oh, I, it was right fucking there, and I didn't take advantage of it. I, I have not. I have not ever thought of that because that's like to bring you back to life when they figure out how to solve whatever killed you, right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw an article the other day that's title was Our Patients Aren't Dead Inside the Cryogenic Freezing Facility with 199 Humans on Ice. And I was like, I'm going to spend some time here. The Because I have, a, you know me, I struggle. I have a pretty massive fear of death, right? And Doesn't so, uh, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, this is this is the place where Ted Williams is famously sure. frozen. It's called okay. Alcor. It's in Scottsdale, Arizona. But oh, well, that makes sense. Let's freeze people where it's 120 degrees. Why don't you just bring them to Minnesota and let them fucking sit outside for eight months? It's uh, so there's 199 people, and then there is like they have like 12, 1392 living members, people who are signed up to get frozen when they die the uh, you're okay. right the idea is that you if you a lot of them are people who are died of a terrible disease okay and then you know they're going to in theory reanimate them when the when that's a possibility and when those diseases have been cured sure the uh, Paris Hilton is one of the living uh, the living people involved with it simon cowell was for a while and then he he bailed out i don't know if there was some sort of you know bad blood between simon cowell and the freeze your body or brain people but he well if there know, was bad blood he should freeze himself wait till they fix the bad blood and then come back that's what i would do cost two hundred thousand dollars to get your whole body frozen or you can go with just the brain for 80 grand and where do you put that <laughs> Jesus Christ. What are, I mean, what are people doing? Well, that's the interest. There's, it, it's kind of both sides of that decision are interesting, right? Because what if you choose just the brain to save 120 grand, but then they figure out how to bring people back and fix stuff with them, 
but they don't figure out how to put a brain in a new body. What if you're the guy that went cheap on 120 grand? You're just the brain and goo while all these other people are being brought back. The other side of it is, what if you're in your 90s and you... Yes, that was going to be my point. Yeah, you come back and they're like, congratulations, you've got 11 years left. Yeah, hey, get, hey, good news, you're still 90. You, you're the only person that managed to shit their pants while frozen. Congratulations. <laughs> so the thing that I think is the funniest about it is the idea that I know you're, correct me if I'm wrong, you're not a big heaven is real guy, correct? Yeah, that's right. And go, yes, go ahead. I just want to tell people if you think heaven is real, that's awesome. I just I can't I can't do it. So the here's the thing. People generally the people that was a rare exception because I often find the people who don't think heaven is real, they use that they're usually not very chill about that opinion. And to be <laughs> to be fair, the people who think heaven is real also sometimes not very chill about that opinion. That's right, yeah. But to the point of this situation, if you're getting cryogenically frozen, you're probably probably a heaven isn't real person, more likely than not, I would guess. I would also think that, yes. And so you're probably pretty confident in that belief. But imagine you live into your late whatever 90s, you get cryogenically frozen, but you're dead and you go to heaven and you get in and it's amazing. It's 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 what they say. It's like <laughs> I'm sorry I keep beating you to the th- but it's this is great. Keep going. Well, it's just it's so funny. It's it's everything they said. It's like unimaginably amazing like the human Billy can't even conceptualize how great heaven is. And you just, oh, I've never been so happy to be so wrong. And then they figure shit back out on Earth. <laughs> and you get that picture from Back to the Future where Marty McFly is disappearing. You just fade out of heaven back into some shitty version of Earth, you know, 30 years after you died to be an old right. man again. Oh, God damn it. You don't even know how to start a car because they're so advanced. I call that the Tom Brady. You think you're retired and they pull you back in and all of a sudden you're like, no, Gronk, my wife's leaving. This sucks. (laughs) I mean, it would be miserable. It would be really, really, really miserable. (laughs) But I am fascinated by the idea of cryogenic freezing. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm fascinated by the idea of you know, neuro suspending your, your consciousness, which is all, it's funny. They, they, the people who talk about this in the article, they make it sound like they speak about it in a way that, well, obviously this is a science, you know, and as the science advances, and then they quote other doctors in the article who are like, Hey, just a heads up that it's not really science. That's, uh, made up. It may be someday, but there's a lot of, uh, Lot of bullshit in this one, folks. <laughs> That's like the four out of five dentists recommend, and I'd love to hear the fifth dentist what his take is. Or her. The doctor was a woman. I gotta go. 
Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.